Welcome back to the Strong as Fuck podcast. It is your host, Indy, and I am so excited to jump into this. If you don't know me, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, my name is Indy or Indigo, and I'm an online fitness and nutrition coach. Um, I love EDM, and I'm going to EDC in three weeks, and I'm going to physical therapy school in three weeks. So it's a lot of things going on right now. Um, but I'm super excited for today's chat because this podcast is all about fitness, nutrition, and empowerment. And today I actually just came up with this idea right now. And honestly, I love it. And I'm so excited to chat about it. Um, but I'm going to be chatting all about the things that you probably aren't paying attention to in the gym, but you should be. Before we jump into this, a big reminder to go ahead and subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, post it to your story, message me and say that you liked the episode or that you didn't like it. I don't care. I I like feedback. Um, And definitely give me ideas for more episodes. And if you are not already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at indigojewel underscore. It will be in the description of the podcast as well as the link to the strongest fuck podcast page so which i have been slacking on posting on i really need to get back to posting on it um but let's dive into today's episode because it's gonna be so juicy i could talk your ears off about tempo and forum and i've already talked about it before so i'm just gonna keep this portion of it brief because that's not the main thing that i want to talk about We're going to talk about tempo and form briefly and then intensity briefly. And then we're going to talk about some other little pieces of your form that no one ever focuses on. Okay. That no one ever focuses on that you should be focusing on. So when it comes to tempo and form during our exercises, we have an eccentric portion of the movement and a concentric portion of the movement. And it's really, really important to make sure that we are controlling that eccentric when the muscle is lengthening. So it's something like when you're on the way down in a squat, you're going down into the hole, that's the eccentric portion. And you are controlling that movement rather than just letting the weight of gravity pull you down. The same goes for like a lat pull down on the way up is going to be the eccentric portion. And you need to control that weight and not let it control you. Big thing with any type of lifting. All right. Control the weight, don't let it control you. Because that's where we start to just like let go of the movement and that's not what we wanna do. We wanna keep that tension. We want to keep working through it and that will help us get stronger. We're not just gonna release it and let our body do whatever. So don't let the weight control you, you control it, especially during that eccentric portion. The concentric is when the muscle is shortening, the fibers are shortening and they're contracting. And that's going to be something like on the way up in a squat, on the way down in a lat pull down. And you want to make sure that you are, you know, using good force production for that. You're trying to get it a little bit speedier. Um, You're trying to like create some power dynamics in there. And you are controlling the movement with good form as well. So that's a little bit about tempo. Basically, you know, slowing down. And then really focusing on power and a bit of speed during that concentric is so important. Focusing on that control piece is so important. And then when it comes to form, like make sure that your lifts feel good for your body and that they are pretty close to like a standard good form. 
Um, obviously form will depend on the person. Um, there will be different things that happen like during squats and deadlifts where, you know, limb length will make things slightly different, but in general, kind of sticking to a form pattern that is pretty, you know, standard for that movement is a good idea. And then just tweaking things based off of your, um, limb length and where, like how you feel it the most, um, so making sure that you have good form where you're able to engage the muscles well and not rely on like outside muscles when you're doing it. Um, so form tempo, so important. You know, we've talked about it multiple times on this podcast and it's a good reminder to go into your workouts with intention and intensity and intention to, you know, show up with focus during each lift, go intense and um, really focus on that mind muscle connection to engage those muscles and control that movement pattern, control that weight. When it comes to intensity, um, intensity is something that honestly, we don't like, we, we tend to short ourselves on a lot. We tend to think that we are closer to failure than we actually are. So learning about intensity measures and ways to um, understand your intensity and form is a great idea, especially if you're new to the gym, because a lot of times when we're new to the gym, like, yeah, we got to spend time learning form. We got to spend time learning tempo. All that is so, so, so important. But after, you know, four weeks to, yeah, like four weeks of just like really dialing in on form, it's also a good idea to start building in that progressive overload piece and, you know, bringing that intensity to the movements because that will help us get more out of it. So by intensity, I mean that in general, you should be working like three to zero reps in reserve. So this is one of the intensity measures that you can use. Reps in reserve or RAR is literally just that. It is how many reps you have in the tank before you hit absolute failure. Okay. Absolute failure where you could not do one more. And oftentimes we think that we are close to failure when we are actually not a good way to think about this and a good um like measure when you're watching form videos back or when you are during like lifting during your sets when the weight and the movement starts to slow down a lot during that eccentric and concentric that right there that slowing down generally means that you are around three reps shy of failure. However, it's not always that way. Some people slow down. Sometimes their tempo slows down when they still have like, you know, six left. But those first like five to seven reps should be around the same tempo, same speed throughout the entire movement. And then when you are like around three RIR, that's when the movement starts to like visibly really, really slow down. The other reps might feel hard, but you will see it during those last three reps generally. So if you're watching your videos back and you notice that every single rep has like the same tempo and never gets slow at the end, you are not close to failure. You could do more weight, you could do more reps, you know, your intensity isn't there. And it's important to look at that and be like, how could I make this more intense? Could I um, increase the weight? Could I increase the reps? Could I slow down that eccentric more? and make it a little bit harder? Could I add a pause in there? Bringing that intensity is going to allow you to progressive overload because you want to place a stress on that muscle. And oftentimes 
we are very far from failure when we say that we are close to failure because we misjudge how much we can actually do. We don't think about how strong as fuck we are and we need to because that's going to help us progress more. It's also going to show you how damn strong you are, which is exciting. So bring that intensity to it. Another measure that you can use is RPE. So the rate of perceived exertion. I feel like this one is harder unless you are you like you have been lifting for a long time and have done other types of exercise for a long time, then you might be able to tell like what perceived exertion you have um, and how hard you feel like you're working. But in general, I would recommend the reps and reserve method. Um, and then maybe just use RPE, you know, to kind of think about how do I feel like this is moving. Um, if you are a power lifter or if you're doing a lot of compounds and you're sticking to specific percentages, you could also use RPE to um, help you with that because reps and reserve might be a little bit harder in that case. And maybe just thinking about how that movement felt is going to be really helpful. And RPE can also be used on those, like can be helpful on those days where things are feeling a little bit heavier and just using that piece to like understand, okay, maybe I didn't get the best recovery the night before or during the last session. So now everything feels a bit harder. So I'm going to stick to an RPE that feels hard but it doesn't feel like I'm going to break my back in order to achieve the RIR that I achieved last time with the same weight, you know? Um, so that's how you would quantify intensity. And it's really, really important. Like pretty much everyone can do more than they think they can. And one of the biggest indicators that I've seen in my journey is when I go to do deadlifts or when I go to do squats or something, and I'm at a gym with kilos, Sometimes I just don't add up the weights and I do it on purpose oftentimes, but it takes more work to add up the weights, right? Especially when it's in kilos and you're used to pounds. So honestly, don't add up the weights, you know, get it pretty close to what you've been working at and then maybe just add on something else and see what you can do because let me tell you when I've used kilos before and I just put on like the normal starting point and then I add some other things on. Oftentimes when I calculate it back, I'm doing way more weight than I thought I could do simply because I didn't know how much weight I was doing simply because I didn't have that mental barrier telling me, Oh, Hey, this is way heavier. This is going to feel like shit. This is going to feel heavy because that's what we do to ourselves. That's another point here. Something to think about in your lifts is what is your mentality like when you go into them? Because if you're going into your lifts thinking, wow, I have to hit APR today and it's going to be so heavy. It's going to be so hard. How am I going to do this? That's when you're not going to hit a PR because you're going to be questioning yourself. You're going to be questioning all of it. And you're going to be thinking, I'm not strong enough for this. Uh, this is going to feel so, so, so heavy. This is why you hear people say things like lightweight and scream lightweight in like powerlifting gyms, because they're literally trying to convince their brain that that weight isn't as heavy as it is. And honestly, it is like a great mindset tip. I know it sounds funny when people do it, when they're screaming at the weights and telling them that it's a lightweight, but it works. It works. So those are my first four things. And now I'm going to chat about some other stuff that a lot of people don't think about in the gym. Okay. So brief little story time until we get into this first one. So I went into an athletic phase last year and this phase was focused on power. So if you guys don't know what power is, it's basically just moving heavy weights fast. 
So it's focused on speed as well as the weight. And the big thing in power anything is you gotta be able to push fast or you gotta be able to pull fast because it is all about speed. This is why athletes train with a lot of power movements because they need to be able to you know, run across the field with a football and switch directions super fast, be able to, you know, push off of things and just move really fast with a lot of speed, a lot of force and like use the ground. And it can also be in like basketball. They use a lot of power movements because they're literally jumping off the ground, pushing away from the ground. So like plyometrics are power movements. Okay. If you do them right, that is pushing off the ground and dunking something in the basket, right? That is a lot of power, a lot of speed. That's why they train with so much of this. So I went into a power phase and we were focused on moving the weights fast. I had to lower weights. I had to just focus on the speed and the muscle contraction. And the one big thing that I learned throughout all this is how important your feet are. Okay. I already knew that feet were important. I knew that the angle of your hips to your knees, to your feet, were super important, but when it came to using force absorption and like pressing through the floor and all that, I was not paying as much attention to it as I should have. So we're talking about feet now, okay? If you guys have not lifted in just socks yet, this is your time, okay? You don't need to lift in socks for like accessory movements, but for deadlifts, for squats, Um, regardless of whether you're doing heavy deadlifts or heavy squats, or if you're using a squat machine or a leg press, I highly recommend doing them without shoes on. Leg press kind of scares me, not going to lie. I use Converse, I mean, not Converse, I use Vans a lot for leg press because I'm afraid that my feet are going to slip on it. So I wouldn't do it unless your feet are very grippy and the pad of the leg press is very grippy. But for those machines, for the floor, for all that, using the your contact with the floor to spread your feet put pressure in all those parts of the tripod foot so that's going to be the heel the area right beneath your big toe as well as the area right beneath your pinky toe um, on the pad of your foot putting contact with the floor in all those spots spreading your toes and basically gripping the shit out of the floor that is going to help you so much with being able to push away from the floor when it comes to pulling when it comes to pushing like all of that Using the floor is so important. You can use it during bench press too. Really think about like shoving your feet through the floor and like something like a root or something is attaching your foot to like the center of the earth and it's just pulling you down and you are using that to tether you to the earth and push away and use a ton of force to like come up with power and speed and like move that weight well and move it fast. It will help you so much during squats. It will help you so much during deadlifts. It will help you so much during bench. It'll help you so much during pretty much any movement that you do if you pay attention to your feet. So pay attention to your feet. I don't recommend wearing tight shoes or things that are closing in that toe gap, things with heels, any of that for pretty much any of your lifts. Obviously, if you're doing like arms, it's probably not gonna matter as much. But anything that requires balance, force absorption, um, contact with the floor while you're doing like squats, deadlifts, whatever, anything like that, 
think about your feet because they're they're very important and they're going to help you. Next thing that we're going to be talking about, I guess we could talk about three more things because I mentioned it. But next thing that we're going to be talking about is your your angle between your feet, your knees and your hip joints. Your pelvis. Because what I see happen a lot is people don't track their knees in line with their toes or their pelvis is somehow not in line with their knees. And this is where things get uncomfy. This is where bad habits happen. And this is where injuries happen or overuse injuries happen. It happens a lot with like older adults when they get out of a chair and they do, it's basically like a sit to stand or a squat or a box squat. And they get up and their knees just cave in. Now their ankle joint, their knee joint and their hip joint are not aligned with each other in the slightest. And it puts a ton of pressure on the hips, the knees, and even the ankles. This is where falling happens. This is where overuse injuries happen. This is where knee replacements and hip replacements happen. Like it just compounds upon itself. So that's talking about like older adults, but even for someone who is not older and who's in the gym, paying attention to making sure that your knees track towards your toes and that your hips are open and tracking towards your knees and your toes. All of that is going to help you so much with your movements. Obviously there are a few exceptions like curtsy lunges and stuff um, that are slightly off, but in general, most of your movement patterns are squats, your deadlifts. Um, what else? Your lunges, your toes and your knees and your hips should be lined up. There should basically be like a string, a line, whatever, between all of them that connects from each one perfectly. And if you are having trouble with keeping your knees out a ton or, you know, keeping your feet from falling inward, this is where other movements can come into play, like working on things like um, being able to keep your hips abducted better, um, keeping your hips stronger, keeping your glutes stronger so that you can keep your knees from really caving inward, all that. And I will say before anyone comes at me, but like, Knee caving is okay. Not a lot of it though. A little bit of knee cave during squats is fine. Um, because it is like, it's allowing for like a little bit of bounce and it's basically like a protective measure. Um, but I'm talking about like minimal, not a lot. If your knees are like coming really, really close to each other, that's a big no, no, especially at light weights. When you get to heavier weights, it's generally going to happen more. Most power lifters have some knee cave, um, to help them get the weights up. And that's totally fine. There's a safe but that angle, all of that is super important. Pay attention to it. It's so helpful. The next thing that I want to talk about is your pelvis and your rib cage. Your pelvis and your rib cage play such an important role in pretty much every movement that you do. Obviously, I can't get into a ton of specifics here because depending on the movement that you're doing, your pelvis and your rib cage could be in different directions, you know, but in general, like if you are having trouble with hip thrusts, pay attention to your pelvis and your rib cage. You're not engaging your core. If your rib cage is sticking all the way out and your pelvis is, you know, facing the other direction, your core is not engaged and no, you're not going to be hitting your glutes anymore. You're going to be hitting your lower back or your hamstrings because your core is not engaged. Your rib cage is flared. Like all these things are happening. The same goes for a push press or a shoulder press. 
your rib cage should not be flared and sticking out. So I know everyone talks about like, you know, anterior pelvic tilt and like basically your butt sticking out. And that happens, you know, some people genetically have that more often. And that's something to pay attention to because you don't want your pelvis to be sticking out and you don't want your butt to be sticking out. But your rib cage could also be the problem. It may not be your your glutes and your pelvis that are the issue. It could be that your rib cage just flares forward and you need to think about bringing it back to neutral. Because essentially when you're walking, um, when you're doing pretty much any standing exercise, your rib cage and your pelvis should be facing towards each other and neither one of them should be flared in either direction, should be sticking out in either direction. I highly recommend looking at like anatomy of a skeleton and then rib, rib, rib cage flare and pelvis, um, anterior pelvic tilt and posterior pelvic tilt. Just looking at some of those pictures if you're confused right now, because it will really, really help you to pay attention to that stuff. Um, if you are confused about your core and how to engage your core, paying attention to your pelvis and your rib cage and where they are facing during movements like squats, during movements like deadlifts, during movements like hip thrusts and um, push press and chest press and all that stuff, all that is going to be really, really helpful. So you can make sure that those things are facing towards each other and you will be able to get better core contraction as well as better muscle contraction in all those movements. And you're not going to be putting so much pressure on things like the lower back or just the spine in general. So that is the last thing I wanted to chat about. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much everything. So these are a lot of things that, you know, people don't really focus on, but just bringing your attention to it, slowly trying to learn how to move well while paying attention to these things is so important. It's going to up level all your workouts and you're just going to feel so much stronger and also feel like you have so much more mobility and not, you know, end up, um, injured or anything like that. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, definitely leave a comment, review, whatever, message me, um, give me ideas for other episodes because last week I did not upload anything because I was, I mean, I had a, a lot of things on Instagram. I was going live like four days that week. So if you haven't watched those lives, there's a ton of information on there. If you like my podcast, there's lives from last week that have tons of information. Um, so that, and then I just was like, create creativity. Oh my gosh, I can't speak creatively drained. So I just didn't, but, um, yeah, definitely give me ideas for more episodes and I will see you guys in the next episode. Deuces.